Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. If you're able, please rise for our scripture readings today. First one is from Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. At the time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took out their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There's not enough there for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to be the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Our second reading is Psalm 100. Shout for the joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. Do you want to be happier, healthier, and an all-around better person? There's a way that is free, easy, and totally up to you. It's gratitude. Gratitude is much more than saying thanks. It's a way of seeing the world. And with practice, we can train ourselves to feel gratitude more frequently and powerfully. The scientific evidence is clear. Practicing gratitude is good for you and your loved ones. Grateful people get sick less, have healthier hearts, exercise more, get better sleep. Grateful people are more optimistic, overcome adversity better, find greater joy in life. Grateful people are more generous with their time and money, are more forgiving, and build better relationships with loved ones. Just like strengthening muscles, you can build gratitude simply by exercising it. So, how do you develop an attitude of gratitude? Attitude of gratitude, hmm. You know, that kind of reminds me, you know, with gratitude can be something very small, 
and it can be very something very large. And in Gary's message this morning, it reminds me when you know you got to get out of the boat and walk on water. Well, there was a fisherman. He was out on a boat, and the weather became very turbulent, and he was out there all alone, and he's sitting there going, I don't know what I'm going to do. The waves kept coming, and everything, and water started to fill in the boat, and a fisherman comes by and says, come, come with me, get in my boat. He goes, nah, I'm good, God's got me. Well, he continues through the storm, and the boat continues to fill more and more, and another fisherman comes by, and he's like, come, get in my boat, you're sinking. Nah, I got it, God's got me, I'm good. Well, his boat continues to take on water, and he begins to sink more and more, and why is he not getting out of that boat? Who knows? Helicopter comes down, lowers down a, 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 a thing for him to grab onto, to, a buoy thing for him to grab onto and pull him up, and he says, get in my boat. He goes, I'm good. God's got me. Well, his boat sinks. He dies. He drowns. He goes up to heaven. He goes, Lord, what were you doing? I kept telling everybody you were going to save me. He goes, what more did you want? I gave you two boats and a helicopter. (laughs) Gratitude. Gratitude. Would you pray with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, you've spoke to me. You've brought me this message, your message for your people about gratitude. May my message now shout volumes to them about gratitude and how we can humbly serve you to glorify your kingdom. Amen. So, grace and gratitude. You can't have gratitude unless you understand God's grace. Nor... Can you not have grace without the gratitude? So grace without gratitude, gratitude without grace. They're intertwined. They're kind of like that peanut butter and jelly. You got to have one and you got to have the other because they're linked together. The book of discipline defines grace as the undeserved, unmerited, and loving action of God in human existence through the ever-present Holy Spirit. It's a gift from God because he loves us. And there's nothing that we can do to earn it. We can't. It's freely given to us. It's God's pure grace. Grace is God. God is universal, and it's it's available to all. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God, not by works, so no one can boast. Grace is God's gifts bestowed, God's gifts received, God's gifts shared, and God's gifts transformed. Grace also prepares us, redeems us, and shapes us into the people that God created us to be. Recently, 
I attended a United Methodist Heritage class to learn about our heritage of the United Methodists. And I learned that John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, he preached and taught those forms of grace that we've heard Jared speak of before. The pervenient grace, which is that porch of the home. Justifying grace, which is that door. And sanctifying grace, which is everything inside the house. And we'll get to that in a moment. United Methodist Heritage book by Kenneth Carter called Living Our Beliefs also states that God the Father who is before us, God the Son who is for us, and God the Holy Spirit is with us. So if you think about that, God the Father who is before us, pervenient grace, before we have our understanding. God the Son who is for us, is that justifying grace. He's with us. He gives us the encouragement to open that door. And God the Holy Spirit who is with us, walks with us inside that house, justifying grace. Walks in that house, redeems us for our sins, and allows us to carry out his good works. Gratitude. So what is the actual link between gratitude and grace, and how can we apply this to our everyday lives? Well, gratitude flourishes in the sphere of grace. In 2 Corinthians verse 4, verse 15, it states, all this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. So we're going back to prevenient grace. It's God the Father who is before us. So that's before we even recognize anything. God has given us his grace. But what I'm learning, and I'm learning every single day, that we have to be grateful in both successes and trials. Four and a half years ago, I walked through these doors at that time, Epworth, broken, still broken. But I walked through those doors because of circumstances in my life that I didn't feel that I was worth anything. I didn't feel that God's grace was anything for me. Why would he want me? I was a failure. I quit school. I turned away from God. My parents died. I couldn't keep them alive. Troubled relationship with family members. Why me? But when I came through those doors, God brought me through with his grace. Even though I didn't see it was there, he brought me in. And he's helped me break that chain to realize that God is good and I am good and we are all good. So it's with those times of trials that we also can learn to express our gratitude. Because if it wasn't for those times of trials, 
perhaps I wouldn't have truly understood the full grace of God. To truly be grateful because those trials and tribulations bring you to your knees and they mold you and they help guide you. First Colossians, excuse me, Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 also says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. So you see, it's the times of trials and struggles that can bring us closer to God, that allow us to be grateful for his grace and love for us, allowing us to be truly grateful in all situations. So justifying grace, God, the Son who is for us, opening that door, giving us that conscious decision to follow Jesus Christ, repent our sins, understand we are forgiven for our sins, and we enter through that door. Following God and his teaching teaches us to be grateful for what we have, not to boast nor be jealous of others. It's more than just monetary, like Gary had spoke earlier. It's our times and our talents and our presence and our prayers. It's all of it. The Tenth Commandment says, Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Simply explained, be satisfied with your own possessions, your own resources, and your own everything, including your skills. Don't look at your neighbor. Look at yourself. Be grateful for what God is enabling you with. 1 Corinthians 4, chapter 4, uh, 1 Corinthians verses 4 through 6, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Now, let's, sad, let's substitute those words love for gratitude. Gratitude is patient. Gratitude is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Grace does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Understanding all of our blessings, our graces, and gifts from God allows us to be thoroughly and humbly grateful for all of his blessings he has and will bestow upon us. Sanctifying grace. God, the Holy Spirit, 
who is with us. That's that rest of that house. We carry out God's will and his intention for us. God's goal for humanity is the complete restoration for all. So our goal is to be in that house, serving and being grateful for everything that we have. We are called by God to serve others, spiritually, financially, through service and time and talents. But we are to be that humble servant. Anything we have, any time, any talent, or anything we do, it's not from us. It's because of God's grace that he allows us to do that. So what do we do and how do we do that? We leave these four walls and we serve him humbly with full gratitude. In Matthew 28, verses 16 through 19, Jesus is speaking with the 11 disciples in Galilee on the mountains, and he had told them to go and say, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So what does that simply mean? It's exactly like Gary said. Our prayers, our presence, our time, and our money. We, everything we have is from God. He has bestowed every pleasure, every gift that we have on us. Spiritual gifts with our talents, prayers, everything come from God. So we don't put them in our back pocket and go, they're all mine. We are to use those to glorify God in his kingdom, to further his works, to glorify him in the kingdom of God. Humbly. And I repeat, humbly. It's not yours. You didn't do it. It's not about you. It's about and for Jesus Christ and his kingdom. True gratefulness comes with unconditional love and service to all, no matter of race, sexuality, financial status, etc. We are all God's children, and we are called to love and serve everyone, just as God loves us. So I hope now that you can see that it's because of God's grace. <clears throat> I, hope that you see, I hope that you can see that because of God's grace, Gratitude is like the gas in our car tanks or the food in our bellies, filling us up, equipping us, and providing us the power and tools to humbly serve others for the sole purpose of glorifying God to further his kingdom.
So my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, I urge each and every one of you to go forth expressing God's grace and gratitude in all that you do and all that you say. Amen. You could please rise uh, for our opening hymn. And now as we leave here and we head across to fellowship time, continue to share with your brothers and sisters in Christ your prayers, your time, your talents, and your finance. Don't keep it to yourself. Be truly grateful, truly grateful with the grace that God is giving us. And always remember to uh, provide God the full grace and understanding to further his kingdom. Amen.